so we're back inside, which, mm. um, which pleases our technical guru enormously, yes. uh, Luis, because he gets to play with all of his toys. Mm-hmm. And the reason we're here is because outside there's a lot of work going on, temperatures are rising and it's become a little unpalatable mm-hmm. to sit on Andy's balcony. Pity. But, uh, it's such a nice view. It's a glorious view. But welcome back. Two guests today. The first I'll introduce you to in just a moment. Um, but this, just to follow up on some of the things we've mm-hmm. been talking about, jumped out at me, Andy. Um, I didn't feel he fully committed. Joe Cole hits back at Fabio Capello after the England manager's scathing 2010 World Cup mm-hmm. comments. And, and I made this point at the time, Joe goes on to say the disrespectful treatment of a player he called Calamity James. This is the manager referring to his then goalkeeper without taking a breath. I mean, what, what, what annoyed me was, as I said to you, that, yeah. that that's OK for us, for fans. That's not how a manager should speak to no, a player. Of course it's not. It's we, not. we didn't call <coughs> him Postman Pat, did we? Well, yes, we you did. did. We did. Yes, yeah. you did. And I, and, and I, I think there is an example of a player having done so, and I need to find that out and confirm that for you. I think a player once did, and of course he had no idea who Postman Pat was. No, he wouldn't. But, but Joe goes on to say in this piece, I don't feel he ever committed fully to the England team. Um, uh, he didn't want to be part of it. Uh, he, he, we were hampered by his refusal to totally buy into the role. Couldn't agree more. I think that's fair, <clears throat> from what Couldn't I can remember about his, his tenure there. What was interesting, <clears throat> his... Uh, Make his, it quick, we've got people waiting. Well, his agent was very quick to come out and say, well, he was fully committed. He actually stayed in London for a year. Yeah. Oh, well done, Fabio. Well, well done. Mesut Darwin. Ozil says no to taking a 12.5% <laughs> pay cut. <laughs> Your favourite player. <laughs> well done, Mesut. Yeah, lovely. Excellent. Martin Samuel well, today. He? Why there are a, <laughs> Why there are still a million problems with football's return. This I found very, very interesting. Here is the problem with football's return, says Martin. To make golf work, the PGA Tour are hopeful of securing a million tests for COVID-19 to put on one tournament. One t- a million tests. Why? First of all, I think that's a waste of a million tests. Why? There are people more worthy and more needy right now. Um, the, the one man and his caddy, he said, obviously... Plus the rules officials, a scorer, uh, without a crowd, a three-ball group amounts to six people down a fairway, plus yeah. scattered broadcast units. In total, seven to 800 people are estimated to be needed on site at a tournament, but many will uh, be spread over vast areas. Even so, one million tests required. For what a golf go- tournament? Yeah, to get, to get a golf tournament on the upcoming Nonsense. Charles Schwab tournament in Fort Worth no. on June the 11th. A million people? A million. I'm sorry. A million no. tests. What, why? Why? Well, there's less than a thousand people there. Martin concludes, when Karen Brady of West Ham spoke of the season being declared null and void, she was widely criticised and accused of self-interest. So too Massimo Cellino, now president of Brescia, who were bottom of Serie A, and one or two other people. I think that was originally my idea. Mm-hmm. But I don't, he doesn't mention me. No. And yes, well, I wouldn't. these are perhaps the wrong people to speak out, yet increasingly their views appear not wild, but ahead of the curve. We shall see. David Seaman. They always pick on the number one. Uh, this is a piece by John Cross in the Daily Mirror today. Um, Jordan Pickford, we know of late, has been complaining yeah, yeah. that he's always uh-huh. the man in it. So it's, it's always goalkeepers. Uh-huh. David Seaman goes on to say, look, you've you just got to get used to it because goalkeepers are always in the firing line. Speaking of which, Alex McCarthy, Southampton and England's number one, mm. joins us. Alex, how are you? Very well, thank you, guys. Yeah, we're good, Alex. Thanks for joining us today. Do you feel a little... No do you, is David Seaman right, Alex? Do goalkeepers always get it in the neck? Um, I think to a degree. Obviously, we're in that position where 
obviously you're the last line of defence and if you do make a mistake it usually does end up being a goal um, obviously playing outfield um, other players can get away with mistakes here and there it doesn't always lead to a goal but with us being the last line of defence it, it, it is hard and obviously we do come under a lot of criticism why, did you ever play out when you were a kid, Alex? What made you then be a goalkeeper? You're going to suffer all that. I did play out a little bit, I guess, for the school. And then Sunday league, I played out. What um, position? I played centre-half for a Set bit. I, I couldn't manage 90 minutes around the pit, so I ended up going in goal. <laughs> At what point did it become evident that you'd better pick up a pair of gloves? Uh, I think it was when I got to about 12, 13. I just, I didn't really enjoy playing out on pitch and I, I played a little bit in goal um, and I, I realised I was a lot better in goal so I ended up staying with that. Were you a lot taller as well? I mean you're 12 or 13. I'm, I'm guessing if you're, what, you're six foot again. four now? You're six foot four now, Alex, yeah? Yeah, yeah, just over six foot four. So were you tall when you were 12, 13? Did that influence you going in goal? Um, I... I wasn't that tall at that age. I went through a growth spurt probably when I was about 15, 16. Right. I had that Osgood and I, I probably had a year out because I had a lot of problems with my knees and my back. And that, obviously that was when I went through that growth spurt. Mm. Um, but when I was younger, obviously I was, playing, I was playing a lot of football, but I was playing a lot of cricket and golf as well. Right. And it got to the sort of stage where then, then, then I had to decide what I really wanted to concentrate on. And I ended up obviously picking football and golf and then I stayed down the route of football. Um, and obviously I, I am where I am now. So it's a, it's a um, but I wasn't, I wasn't massive as a kid. I, I, I went through a big growth spurt, yeah. and I probably had a, near enough to a year out with, with bad knees and back. See, when I grew up, Alex, many, many moons ago, everybody wanted to be a centre-forward. Andy ultimately was. But these days, I think children actually, they don't mind wanting to choose to be a goalkeeper, do they? It's become acceptable to be a keeper. In fact, it's become fashionable in some respects. Yeah, definitely. I think, like you said, obviously... You see a lot of lot of kids now, obviously wanting to chuck the gloves on. I get loads of videos sent to me, loads of tweets with, with <laughs> kids in goal on that. They seem they seem to really enjoy it. Um, watching football when I was young, obviously I always used to watch uh, the goalies. So it was just something that I really really enjoyed. Um, a lot of my friends they're obviously like, why don't, why don't you want to be a why don't you want to be a striker, etc. And that, but um, playing in goal worked out best for me, and, and I really enjoy it. Um, Obviously, we do come under a lot of pressure, a lot of stick, but it's, it's a big responsibility and it's a place um, that I enjoy playing. Alex, just how much has it changed being a goalkeeper in the life of the Premier League, say? Because goalkeepers, when, certainly when I played, beginning of the Premier League, what you wanted, somebody who could go, save shots, take crosses, make saves, didn't matter if you couldn't kick it 20 yards, 30 yards, didn't matter. How much has it changed in... How much do you have to be an all-round footballer as much as anybody else now? Alex, what he's, what, that's a long way of asking, why don't keepers catch the ball anymore? No, no, was it? No, Alex, I really think... <laughs> I, no, I really believe that your position, out of all of them, has changed more than any over the last 10, 15 years. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. Um, obviously, um, football now in the modern day, all managers want keepers to be able to play out... <coughs> um, You've got the likes of like Edison mm. and Allison who, who, who play really high up, sweeping, obviously unbelievable with their feet. Um, so, yeah, all managers like the goalies um, to be able to play out, be able to switch the ball, um, sweep up and that. So it's a massive part of the game now. Like I said, it's, it's not just whether you can catch it or, or kick, um, sort of kick it. You need to be able to use your feet. 
Um, we're involved in training a lot, a lot more with the outfield now in possession <laughs> games and that, so it is, it is a big part of the game now. What are you doing, Alex? How are you staying fit? How are you staying mentally sharp as much as anything else? Uh, so we've all been given individual programs. Um, obviously, mine's obviously different to a lot of the other players, but I do a lot of what bike sessions. I do a lot of leg weights. So I've got squat rack here and that, so mm -hmm. I do all that. And as well, the club sent me a ball launching machine, which basically my missus will put the balls in and it just fires balls at you. You can set it up to, to whatever <laughs> sort of um, degree and Fantastic. angle that you want. Um, so that, that's been really useful. What have you learned, Alex, in this shutdown? I hear so many lads saying, oh, I'm jet-washing everything that I can get my hands on. I'm jet-washing this. I'm now cooking this, that and the other. I've become a master chef. I'm playing on e-games all the time. What have you mastered in your time off? Uh, probably dealing with the kids a lot more. Obviously, <laughs> I've, be, I've been used to being in a routine where I get up before they're up in the morning, I go to football, and then I come home, have a couple of hours with them, and then they go to bed. Yeah. But obviously, being at home 24-7 now, I didn't realise how hard work it was. <laughs> with the kids. Like, I don't know how my missus does it. I've got my mother-in-law here as well helping. She obviously lives with us um, to help with the kids and that, but it, it, it's, it's been hard work. The first four or five days was a real sort of yeah. shock to the system, but obviously now I'm a bit more used to it. I do like the idea of the ball delivery machine. I imagine it's a bigger version of... The tennis. Yes. The tennis machine, yeah, yeah. Are, are you boys ready to go? I mean, if, if we started again, say, mid-June, are you lads geared up and able to play? Do you want to play? Yeah, I, I, I think everyone definitely wants to play. Everyone wants, wants the season to, to be finished. Um, I think everyone's obviously been keeping fit, but I don't think everyone's going to be completely match fit because there's only so, sort of, so much you can do at home. Yeah. Um, so obviously with a couple of weeks I think we're due back on the 7th if, if, if it all goes to plan I don't know what's going to happen with regard to that um, but obviously we'll start training then and hopefully we'll, we'll be ready to go into games I don't know how many games they're going to fit in in a week or, or what the schedule is going to be but I think everyone definitely wants to get the season finished Good. I need to see this ball delivery machine obviously yeah. now is not the time Alex but um, I, I, I'm thinking as you talk we might come back to you next week if you don't mind well, we, and, might, uh, we might have to come back to him and give us a demonstration yeah, exactly that's yes, what I'm saying absolutely. Join, join you in the garden yes. this week perhaps <laughs> so that's on the agenda listen in the meantime stay busy and yes. really grateful to you for taking time out to talk to us thanks Alex and, and more importantly no problem, Alex guys. stay safe stay, stay safe, safe big man. stay safe cheers mate so, and that's something I, I really do think that we should try to do, and we will be back with Alex McCarthy, if not this that's week, good, next. But I, 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 having, I need to a, see that. Having a little look at how the players are keeping themselves sharp. and Yes. That's great. I'm looking forward to seeing him with that machine. I hope he doesn't concede any. <laughs> really uh, two guests today, just to change things around a little bit and keep it fresh. Our second current Premier League player is... Legend. Legendary. Legend. Everton defender. Legend. Phil Jagielka. Legend. Not a great golfer, but legend. Everton <laughs> defender. Of course he was. Was? Legend. Was? Oh, he's moved. Did you not know? No. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Oh, Sheffield United bottom. A couple of... Uh, oh, 18, did they? 18 months ago. Oh, I missed that. Oh, did you? Oh, I missed that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jags. Sorry, Jags. Jags. played a couple of times. Give, give us a break. Come on. <laughs> 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 Played a couple. Of, what's it like to be back? Where really it all started? It was it was quite surreal and quite. Um, it was a bit of a difficult time, obviously leaving Everton the way it happened and all sorts so late, not knowing whether anything else would come about. And uh, you know, Chris Wilder rang me up the gaffer, asked me to pop over to Sheffield. Had a 
literally a 20-minute chat with him. Uh, and we were pretty much sold on the idea. Uh, obviously, with the boys coming up from the the championship, and you know, two seasons ago, before that, from from League One, they wanted a little bit of experience. So I was more than happy to come along. And to be honest, it's been a fantastic journey since. Mm. Was it easy for you, Jags? It ever in such a long time, so much had happened, and I kind of think you were there through the David Moyes years, stability, lots of great times you had. Then you were sort of going through all that turmoil, manager after coach, and. A lot of indecision there. Were you not tempted just to hang on to see who might come in? Um, well, I would have done. There was there was talk, but I think uh, at the time they were after um, a couple of centre-halves, especially you know, right. Kurt Zuma, who we had on loan. So it, it got to a point where they couldn't really make their mind up. Right. So I think the, the easy decision for them was basically to let me go and try and find somewhere else um, and go from there. It wasn't nice to hear. But in the end, for me, probably the best place I could have come to was obviously yeah. the place I started yeah. um, my, my career at before. And with the type of dressing room and, and management team and squad and stuff that's obviously very British here, it was it was probably the perfect place for me to come. How, how does that set with uh, the one or two? I mean, that was what Chris was renowned for, bringing Sheffield up. It was all a very British-based unit. He's introduced like Mousset and a couple others. How has that played out? How's that, how have they settled in the boys? We're a very British team. Yeah, I think um, I say it's, it's such a tough one. This is obviously a cl- close-knit group that yeah. have played in many divisions between them, you know, promotions and stuff like that. But I think that the group itself is so accommodating. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been really easy. Moose, as we call him, is um, <laughs> a different character. But he understands that. He gets on really well with, with, with most of the lads. He speaks pretty good English. Um, obviously, he does things a slightly different way. He's got a bright, 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 bright orange uh, Lamborghini. Uh, <laughs> you know, that, that, that's just, that's just of course he has, Jack. Of course he has. He, uh, as, soon as, as soon as he come in, he's fitted in really well. And like I say, it's up to us as lads to, to help those people. Obviously, it's lonely at times. I'm sure he's a bit lonely throughout this period, being obviously in a different country. Mm. Um, having to do all these crazy uh, fitness schedules that we get sent through uh, via WhatsApp. So I'm sure he's probably not the happiest person at the moment, but probably get on with it. Phil, looking from the outside in, the general impression is success based on three really good centre-backs. Um, right, oh, come on. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, success based on the centre-backs looking over their shoulders. And seeing Jagielka waiting to jump in. Yeah, that's another yeah, way of putting yeah, it. Exactly. But for you, for you, what has the success been down to this season? Um, well, I think you've obviously got to look at the clean sheets, but I don't think you can just hand it to the three centre-halves. You know, it is sort of a five at the back. We've obviously got probably one of the informed goalkeepers in yeah. the league as well with Dino. He's, he's played really well, but on the flip side, he's not had as much as maybe some people would have expected him to have had to do with the form in front. Um, they've been playing this system for a little while now, so you know when I turned up and I'm doing a pre-season match away at Chesterfield and expecting me to do an overlapping uh, right centre <laughs> half, I did, I did, did look at the manager a couple of times and he sort of gave me the uh, the nod as if to say yeah, you can just stay there for this time, Jags. But no, it's 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 all different. It's all a different way of playing. The lads are probably haven't been as gung ho as they would have done uh, maybe in the Championship, but it's nice to know at certain times in the game. You know, there has been games where we've gone 1-0 down and we've been able to to probably take a few more gambles than maybe some of the teams can't do. Do you think if, if Pep Guardiola had come up with this system rather than Chris Wilder, <laughs> we'd be talking about it a great deal more? Or we'd be talking about a genius, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but to be honest, I think Pep... I think we've, we've played Pep and I think he's played one centre-back. 
Yeah. And then literally no defenders. So he has, he has done something quite quite crazy and, and mad himself. But no, I think it works really well. You can look at it as a five at the back. You can look at it as a three at the back. You can look at it as a one at the back sometimes. Mm. It just depends on obviously the state of the game. And, and that's the best thing. You've got to you know, put praise on the lads. What I love about the squad we've got now, we had no Premier League players no. for the start of the season. I think we had eight, nine de- debutants against um, Bournemouth away. So literally no one was supposedly good enough or proven. And it takes me back to, like I say, the, the days at Everton when David Moyes probably would sign a couple of us out of the Championship or maybe have had one season in the Prem that weren't proven as well. So, um, you know, these were the conversations we were trying to have early doors in the season. And I was trying to put across that you're not going to become a Premier League player until you've played yeah. 10, 20, 40, 100, 200 games. So forget what people are, are labelling you, if you like. You not you can't change that because that's the only, only thing you can do with this time. And I think the lads... Um, I wouldn't say took it personally, but took it on board and mm-hmm. wanted to prove to themselves and everyone else that they're more than capable of playing. This that's level. smart. That's what yeah. we've had a chuckle up, but that's what you bought. Streetwise Premier League. Yeah, experience. And, and, I, and I wonder. I was just thinking there at the, the beginning of the season. I don't care what you say. You might say no, you're wrong, Andy. But nobody at Sheffield United, player-wise, could have believed you would be sitting where you are, 28 games in, whatever it is. No one. How long do you think it took the boys to? Get in in the morning, come here weekend and think, we belong here. We're okay with this. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure we're there yet. Yeah. I think what happened is, so obviously start of the season, you bear in mind, you, you want little checkpoints. You want to be make mm-hmm. sure, you know, you don't ever want to be in the bottom three. You want to pick up points. You go along, you go along. There's been a few games, you know, the Chelsea away, we come back to get a draw and we kept, yeah. I think it was nine games away from home where we didn't lose. Correct. And then obviously that helped the momentum and, I think that's one thing we, we stipulate at the start of the season. We will have periods. We've not really had a bad, bad period, but it will be a period where we, we, we lose momentum and it's all about getting that back. And I think for us, we're, we're trying to get to, everyone says 40 points, don't they? So you want to get to 40 points or within 40 points as soon as possible. Mm. For us, I think it was a 12, 14 games left. <laughs> which you know, mad. It, no one ever, ever thought that was going to be the situation. You know, we were expecting to go maybe on a great season, four or five games left with hitting the 40-point yeah, mark. Agreed, you know, we'd, have, we'd have cartwheeled all the way into the town centre doing that. But I think the best thing about the lads is, obviously, we've had a pretty decent cup run as well. Yeah. Um, it's just just the momentum of just keep winning games, just keep trying to win a game, check, draw a game, win a game, draw a game. Before you know it, we're at 40 points. I think, speaking to the lads, obviously, on the break now, we've had a few Zoom meetings, as you can imagine. Mm. Um, everyone's bored and, oh, yes. and going out of the brains. But I think... Um, <laughs> Probably taking a stock now will be the first time we've actually realised how well we've done. Yeah, yeah. Because, like I said, the way the management team and the players push each other day to day, um, you don't really have time to think and sort of give too many pats on the back. Don't get me wrong, everyone's excited and, and delighted with the way things have gone, but, you know, I know a lot of people say we don't think about what's going on and play the next game, but I think that, that was the formula for the start of the season and the manager won't let that slip. We, we have stopped, Phil, we've stopped talking about when or if we restart, because I, I, every day um, there, there's a new story in that respect. But h- how important is it to Sheffield United to finish this season, sitting just outside the top yes. six, I think, when we finish? Six, I think. Are you looking up? Are you thinking that it's possible well, for the Blades to finish top four? Well, it's, it's possible. And, and obviously, well, with this uh, predictor league, we'll, we'll take one of the predictor league puts us in uh, fifth place. I think one predictor league puts us in eighth. So <laughs> depends what predictor league you want to go with. No, but I think the, the manager sat us down and said, you know, once we got to this, and we've obviously had, we had the cup game coming up um, to progress there. 
this season has been undoubtedly one of the best seasons in Sheffield United's career, uh, history, and it's still going. So yeah. We have a, an opportunity now to make this something that no one would have ever, ever dreamt about. Whether it happens or not, it's not, I wouldn't say it's not the end of the earth, but it's not, it's not the be all and end all. We've, we've achieved pretty much I think, well, Premier League status, we've achieved proving people wrong, but the fact is, you don't get too many opportunities like this. You don't get too many opportunities where a club in the state that we're in, bear in mind we are not an established Premier League team, obviously, historically, it's a massive club and all sorts, but realistically, mm. um, over the course of the last 15, 20 years, we aren't a big Premier League club. To get that close, to have that possibility, mm. we have to go for it. We mm. can't... I know you've seen a lot of teams probably have a really, really strong two-thirds of the season get safe and then maybe put the handbrake on and yeah. not want to go into Europe or, no. you know, the way some players' mentality are. But I think for us, you know, if we finish in 8th, 9th, 10th, 4th, 5th, 6th, it's going to be... All down to down to us, and it'll be an amazing season. I think you've got I, something tells me that looking at your coach, the way I've looked at him, and the way he's going about his job, I think it'd be more likely to be foot to the foot to the floor, and let's get this season finished on a high, rather than oh, we're all right, we've done now, we needed to do, we're in the league next year, that's great, lads, well done. I think he might be the former rather than the latter. Hundred percent. He's he's literally said like he won't take it if you, if you want to. Take your foot off the throttle. It both in training and obviously in games. He's got the squad that he'll he'll change it around. He says this this opportunity doesn't come around too often for no, players. No, and I'm certain the manager will be thinking as well because that's the way we think. It doesn't come um, along too often for the manager as well. And you know we all want to do well in our own careers and our own yeah. areas. Obviously we're in it together, but 100 um, percent we. We could do something really special. We have done something really special, but it could be something, like you say, unbelievable. He's unfashionable, Phil, because he's a Brit. Yeah. But but yeah, how, so. how good actually is he? Um, well, we've got Alan Nil as well, so they, they work really well together. So you've got... Obviously, they've both got the very similar ideas. They, they both share the workload throughout the week. But I suppose you've got Alan, who, who's a bit quieter, um, who, who doesn't say much but says enough when he needs to. And obviously, mm. the manager's... More the one that's at it more often than not swears probably every three or four words. Um, <laughs> Good, so Good lad. Thing, you, I'm liking him even more. If you get a foreigner in, they're going to be wondering what all these words are. You know, the Sheffield um, slang is a little bit different as well. But um, no, but it's it's the motivation, it's the way. And like I say, he has his squad now of very talented lads, but obviously men. Because mm. you know that's a big thing for me. If you're going to get, if you're going to have to have an argument, or you're going to have to. You know, get a little bit aggressive with people. You need men to men up and either come back at you or take it and move on and also it's all part of the process of mm. of uh, sort of developing as a, as a, as a person, as a, obviously as a team as well. I have to say, you're looking sharp. The weather up there is obviously good. Your hair's gone very blonde. It has got blonde, I know. I think, <laughs> yeah, been, I think there might be a couple of rinses through that myself. I didn't go for the grazy yet. I think that's uh, next week. <laughs> I mean, have you have you got some footballs out in the garden? Then are you still flicking about, taking it about, or what? A little bits and bobs. To be honest, it's mainly been the bike, uh, the right. bike and the running. We get we've been given schedules and stuff throughout. Obviously, lockdown. The, the I won't say the time frames changed. We were yeah. hoping it was going to be two weeks, and it was going to be definitely four. Now it looks more like it's going to be eight, possibly nine, before we're back in. So um, you know, unfortunately, we've all been putting little groups, and yeah. we, we've been. Uh, We'll be in tracks pretty much every day. But... <laughs> Big brothers watching you. Uh, Phil, listen, uh, we, we, we were hoping this 
and you'll understand the sentiment here, this might be the only time we're going to talk to you, but after what you've just said, I suspect we could be back going yeah. forward. So in the meantime, thank you for, for uh, taking the trouble to talk to us, and we're very grateful. Thanks, Jags. Guys, take it easy. Bye-bye. <laughs> take care of yourself. Phil Jagielka yeah. and Alex McCarthy. I'm looking forward to him coming back to, I know he's probably listening, so I'm going to say this to you, I'm looking forward to him coming back to Qatar to see us again because I'm, I'm looking forward to taking some more money off him in the golf course. <laughs> <laughs> he's chuckling. I can see him laughing there. <laughs> uh, oh dear. Uh, his golf was not uh, his oh, strong was point. Funny. I, loved, I love Jags. I, I was just wondering, as, as he was talking about, and were you in this very same, well, we are all in the same position, but... It, it's a different ask of the lads, isn't it, right now? A very different ask to what they're used to, obviously, having spoken to Alex and Phil. Totally different. Richard, Alex McCarthy hit it in the nail. These guys get up in the morning, are ready at 8 o'clock, kids say cheerio to them, the kids go to school. Off they go, totally governed by football, totally focused on football for the rest of the day until they see the kids for a couple of hours at night. Suddenly, you throw the guys into a, a, a situation where from the minute they get up mm. to the minute they go to bed, the kids are around. Mm. And that's what Alex was saying. He says, he can't believe what a great job my wife does because it's been tough for me. And he's only just getting used to it. It's a totally different environment, Richard. It really is because what the family does as well, it's so important for the family to make the husband comfortable because, you know, really it's his career. They want to watch the flourish and they do everything they can. They support it in every way they can, the kids and the the spouses. And I think that's that's what they do. And it, when, it, when that's not there, Alex is suddenly thinking, wow. and Jags is suddenly yeah. thinking, we're, we're at home all day. Well, all things being equal, we'll, we'll join Alex in the garden next week and have a look at this. <laughs> I, I can't wait, honestly. Yeah. Um, thank you for your company again today. We're here five days a week on Being Sports at these very same times uh, for our international audience outside of the Being Broadcast mm-hmm. area. Uh, it's YouTube for you. Keep the thoughts and comments coming, please. Um, obviously, stay safe. Stay that's safe. the most important thing. Stay distanced, which mm-hmm. we are. And uh, we'll be back in the lounge tomorrow at the same time, talking, unless something else crops up, talking goal scoring. Oh, nice. I like that. I'll leave this hanging. What is a natural goal scorer? Answers tomorrow. Not me. (laughs) 